Hello and welcome to series two of my podcast, Innovation, where we get to hear from incredible women in science and technology who are from a diverse range of backgrounds, experiences, and all walks of life, really. My aim with the conversations that you'll hear on this show is to bring out the humanness of STEM, science, technology, engineering, and maths. I grew up in a very STEMI environment where my dad, who's an engineer, always encouraged my two sisters and I to ask questions and be curious about the world around us. Let's face it, our planet Earth is such a fascinating and incredible place, and I certainly wanted to understand how it all works. As a result, I qualified as a fluid dynamicist, having done an undergraduate in mechanical engineering, which basically taught me to look at the world in a very logical and rational way. By the end of my studies, I was able to mathematically model how turbulence works. And looking back, I think I started to believe that most things in life, even if chaotic, could be explained using equations. It was only after I graduated from university that life itself taught me that not everything is logical or predictable. Life is actually really messy, chaotic and non-linear. So here on Innovation, I want to hear how other women in STEM deal with that. I want to learn how people tackle life's trials, tribulations and joy. This week, I talked to Julianne Sempionato, a postdoctoral researcher at Caltech University and also a nano engineer. My name is Julianne. I just finished my PhD with Professor uh, Joseph Wang. Right now, I am uh, doing my postdoc at Caltech with Professor Weigel. Where are you from? So I came from Brazil, from Sao Paulo, in the countryside. And every time that I tell people my address, they would like a step back. You know, it was a pretty like bad neighborhood. My my dad was like a secu- doing security. He, like a doorman stuff in the buildings and uh, my mom she she was working uh just uh, whatever she could uh, do at home you know like uh some works and then she was was taking care of us we were three kids i'm the youngest of three sisters i did my bachelor degree in chemistry then i did my master degree in material chemistry and my PhD in nano engineering. And now I'm doing postdoc in uh, wearable sensors, nano engineering as well. So I'm mostly chemistry background. Tell me about your research. What is it that you've been doing scientifically that affects the rest of us? So I've been studying wearable sensors. Wearable sensors like uh, you have nowadays, the smartwatches that measures your heart rate, your steps, your calories, right? measures all this awesome information already. It, like in the past, we could not have access ourselves like every day to this type of information. And what we want to do, like my research, is put even more information into these wearables that we already have, medical information. For instance, how much is my glucose? So I don't have to prick my finger every time, you know, if I have diabetes, I can measure all of that information that I have in blood, in sweat, which is awesome, right? You can use sweat or saliva or even tears if you have like a contact lens, for for instance. So let's say that the major goal of my research 
is to make medicine accessible for everybody and then you can bring it to your home and then you can know like uh, continuously what is your healthy status you know and then if you see there is something wrong with uh, your uh, analytes your body physiology you can go to the doctor and then you don't have to wait for it to get so bad that you need to look for the doctor you know you can catch the problem right into the beginning and then with a low cost accessible for everybody so this is the main goal of my research basically <laughs> what got you interested in that when i was a child i spent most of my chi uh, childhood in the library <laughs> i i wanted that to have books and to read but i didn't have them so i spent all my day in the library reading and then studying talking with people over there I was pretty weird child, let's say. <laughs> now you're, you've just submitted your PhD at Caltech. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Another weird know. stuff that I wanted. <laughs> I started actually, the first experience ever in research that I have was with medicinal chemistry. I love medical stuff and I also enjoy a lot of chemistry. And then I, I was studying like a medical, um, like for this low income disease, you know, like dengue fever, <laughs> searching for medications for that type of uh, uh, disease. And then I got into this uh, point of care devices, you know, like the glucose strips that you buy and then is disposable. And it was a natural transition, the wearable sensors for me. So I have been always interested in health, chemistry and electrochemistry. So this is why the Professor Joseph Wayne group was a great match for my research and more in personal interest. <laughs> so as a little girl, you know, was there something specific that sparked your interest? I liked uh, medicine a lot. I wanted to help people every time like uh, you have something, uh, I don't know, someone got hurt, you know, I went to like the first, oh, what can I do? And then let me see, <laughs> very curious <laughs> to see what happened and stuff. I think it was, I was driven to help people. And then this is the way that I thought that I could help most. And then this is what I found for me, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, STEM subjects tend to be very technical. You know, often there's a lot of maths, chemistry, I personally found very difficult. You know, these are not easy subjects. Yeah. How were they for you at school? Because, I mean, you've probably had to use them all throughout your career, so. Yeah, actually, it was a very interesting story, right? I came from a very, like, a simple family. And then I was into a public school, which wasn't the greatest. <laughs> and then because of my skills in math and numbers and stuff, I was offered a scholarship to do high school in a like, great city uh, that I, I was living on. And then I got into these like, uh, you know, physics Olympics, chemistry Olympics. And then uh, I did like very well, like medals and stuff. And then I, I was giving opportunities because of my ability with numbers, you know, so people could actually see that I had like some potential and then I was helped a lot. And then this is why also it's something important to me that I can help people whenever I can. And then I needed help. And then I know that without any help, like I couldn't be here. So this is why I, I always, when I can, I, I help people. 
because I, I needed it. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, you don't fit the stereotype of people in STEM. And I guess the stereotype is typical yeah. white male. Um, and you don't look anything like that traditional stereotype. How have you navigated being different in STEM? You know, nobody expected the path I'm taking. I am, I was poor, I was black, and I am a woman, right? This is not the career of a poor black woman. <laughs> and then I, I had to go through so many difficulties more than everybody. So in order for me to be here, I really had to be the best or among the best of my group. And then this made me push myself a lot. You know, if you are someone that looks like me and then uh, has the same background as me, now nothing is easier, like nothing is easy. And then you need, you really have to overcome and then to, to be the best, let's say. Not that I am, but I try to always be because nothing comes easy for me, <laughs> yeah. So to get where you are today, you know, you have a PhD, you're going for postdoc. I mean, it's just so incredibly impressive. Have you just really worked hard? Like what has been your secret to getting so far? That is the secret, hard working. I work more than everybody. I need to, to do more than everybody to get basically where everybody is right now. You know, this is what I'm trying to say that it is not uh, easier for me than for everybody else. I need to do like triple of your work or I work 10 times more than you maybe to have the same outcome, you know, just because of my background. And then I didn't have like a super uh, solid uh, beginning. So sometimes the stuffs are harder for me, but I need to work harder and push me harder. And then I'm here now. So the secret for me is hard working. And then, yeah, this is what I have always done. I have, I'm not afraid to work. I work whenever I can, whenever I need. So what was driving you to work so hard? Like what was in the back of your mind pushing you forward? I have always been driven to stuff like, oh, you cannot do that. And then I say, I'll show you I can, you know. <laughs> oh, this is not for you. Then I would push even harder. And then I think this was my driven force that you don't believe that I can. So I'll show you. And then, then I think this was like a what drove me to, to be here today? Because I have so many people believing I couldn't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, when yeah. your colleagues, they didn't look like you um, and you were very different compared to the people around you, how were you able to keep yourself strong in your own skin? I mean, it could have, it could have made you not choose this you know you could have said you know what forget it this isn't for me what were you telling yourself in order to keep going yeah like I, I told you I got a scholarship for going to a high school right a very like top of the line high school in the city and then I was basically the only black <laughs> person there in the classroom and then people would treat me differently, would look at my clothes, my shoes, and would say stuff about myself. And then uh, 
I, you know, I just looked to me. I didn't care about everybody. It was my great opportunity. I could not let you like ruin that. So I just ignore it. It was super hard. I still have stuff that I remember super clearly today, you know, difficult days, but I just pushed through it. I had to, I had no option. So uh, I don't know, it's just be strong. I, I feel like uh, this is a very important word, uh, word for me, strong. I need to be strong, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love what you said about not caring what other people think, because I think, you know, sometimes we can really put other people's opinions before our own and it can make us make decisions against ourselves. You know, if someone thinks, oh, she can't do it and you think, okay, maybe they're right. And then we choose not to do it. You know, you actually have put somebody else's opinion above your own. So that attitude that you've described is so powerful. I love it. Uh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah from my family you know they were super strong also and then they pushed and they worked hard and then I I worked hard as well. <laughs> Is there anything about the decisions you've made that you would do differently now? Maybe I would have taken more or opportunities that I think I could have you know and then I just didn't because maybe I was afraid or I was insecure. I would have taken more opportunities, even though it was scary. Sometimes, you know, first time that I had to give like a speech, maybe I, I, I didn't accept that because I was afraid and then shy or whatever. You know, it doesn't matter. Just put yourself out there and then <laughs> nothing is going to hurt you. You're just going to learn with the, the opportunities. And even if you're scary, just go for it. I feel like I would have taken more opportunities if I could yeah very easy to say that with hindsight isn't it because I think at the time we really do our best um and with hindsight maybe we develop more courage and we say oh maybe I shouldn't have been so scared then but at that time yeah know, we yes. what we had so I always find you know I ask that question because I think hindsight is a very educational thing but I don't ask it expecting you to feel regret um, because I think, you know, given the person you are, you're always making the best decisions that you can at that time. But yes. who, um, what's been the best advice you've been given by either a friend or family or someone in your professional life? It was very early in my uh, career, let's say, is uh, from my math professor, the one that got me the scholarship. He said, I believe in you. I believe you can do it. You have it in you. And then because of him, you know, he told me that I could get like uh, paid for studying. I have no idea I could do that with scholarships and stuff. In my mind, the way I was raised, I thought that I, I need to pay for school. I need to have a job and study, you know? And then he told me, oh no, if you have like great performance, you can have like scholarship and then you actually get paid to study and then you can focus totally in that. So it was my math professor. And then he said that he believed in me and then I started believing in myself also. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, how do you keep yourself so mentally fit and strong? Uh, there's a, there's a uh, yeah, 
there is something I don't know. I, I'm just driven to do stuff. You know, I, I see something, oh, especially if it is difficult, then interested even more. <laughs> you know, oh, this, everybody thinks it's super difficult. So, oh, oh yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> Let me dig into that because it's difficult. And then I think for the challenging stuff. So I would describe that as a major superpower, but what do you think your best superpower is? Oh, strength. Yeah, I believe I'm strong physically and mentally. And then I can do like endurance stuff. And then, yeah, I like to do like, a, you know, run marathons and do like super long hikings and study for hours and achieve stuff that people think is difficult even if it is physically or mentally or even in your career, you know, I think I have strength. I believe I'm strong. <laughs> Superwoman. <laughs> um, what has been your most humbling experience in life? Uh, I think, it, you know, as I told you, it was helping and being helped and accept this help. I was not afraid to being like uh, accept help because I I know I need it. I knew, so I think that was it. You know, just to be aware of your needs, and that believe people can help you and accept the help. Has there been a specific experience in your life where you've been humbled? Uh, it was. So many like uh, small situations, like uh, I need to do this testing to get into university, you know, I don't have anybody to drive me. So I ask, oh, are you going to the same test as I'm going? Can you like give me a lift? Or even my professor, he paid me all the fees I could not pay, you know, without him, I could not have done like anything. So are these small things that for people are like just things they do every day? For me, it wasn't easy. I had to ask for help. I had I have to accept help for people, even if it wasn't like so. Uh, not, I'm not gonna say it was a humiliation, but it you know it brings you a kind of your <laughs> level. Oh, I need your help. Can you help me with such a basic thing? And then you know. I must say that professor just sounds like he really believed in you. How important have role models and mentors been? Yeah, I chose chemistry because of my professor in high school. She was great. And she was telling me she had like a kid while she was in the university and how strong she had to be, how people would look at her, you know, and she was brave. And then uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, she's my role model. And then she was super strong as well. And then this is, how I, I, I wanted to be like her, you know? And then I had these other professors that would help me a lot. And then this was, it was great, but, you know, put a lot of pressure on me as well. I had to show like results and then I need to perform. Sometimes this was very stressful. Nowadays, today, like I feel kind of stressed because people expect so much uh, from me. <laughs> And then this uh, is stressful, of course, for everybody. But uh, for me, over there in the past, even more because of the help that people were investing in me, I, I would say, right? Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. I can understand that. You know, you 
you want to give back when people have been so generous and your way of giving back is to give them something to feel proud about yeah exactly i i wanted so hard to be the best in everything i i put my mind into it so it was stressful for me of course <laughs> i hope that you find time in your schedule to be kind to yourself um are you aware of this because i i know that you know sometimes women in stem in particular can be really tough on themselves how do you um try and be more holistic what i've been trying to do is to take time to take care of my body because it's taking a very like huge load for all this stress stress and stuff so i try to eat better do some exercise and go for activities this is something I try to do, uh, but it's not super often. No, I should improve <laughs> more in this area. Yeah. And so what are the long-term goals that you have? Where do you see your life going? Yeah, like uh, my PI right now, Professor Wei Gao and also Professor Joseph Wang, they are helping me a lot. And I wanted to be in academia, try professorship here in the US and then uh, have my research group and give people opportunities that I was given. And then this is what I wanted, yeah. <laughs> what are your views on motherhood? Because that's quite a conventional thing to do, have children as a woman. What are your perspectives? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, I really enjoy kids. I have uh, nieces that I help. I help a lot with like giving books to them or I'm sending them to school actually, which I'm very proud and then they have great grades and stuff. Right now, I'm not thinking about having kids on, on my own because I told my husband, when I have kids, they're going to be the best as well. And then I'm going to put time in them, you know, <laughs> I'm going to invest. I'm going to be those crazy mother. Oh, try this try that and then you know try anything that you want and then choose something you're great and then I, I really want to put the time in being a mom because I want to be a best mom as well <laughs> but right now it's not the time maybe in the in the future but yeah I, I see that in my uh, future maybe yeah I find it so tricky as a woman because especially when you're doing PhDs postdocs there's just so much time spent studying and researching and yeah. you have to be so focused where is the time to have children you know where is the mental free space? A, yeah i don't know that's a great question i don't see that in the near like 10 20 years <laughs> i do not see that soon but I, it's something that i wanted to do even if it is not my own you know i don't care adopting or anything like that but not now yeah, I feel that this is a subject that has not been thought out. Um, you know, we just don't have systems, certainly not in the UK. I'm not sure about the US really, but we don't have systems that really are understanding and supportive and encouraging of women having children as well as careers. Yeah, no, I agree totally. And then there is always like a, this gap, you know, you, you have a kid and people, oh, okay, now you're going to go down your career, you're going to stop. And if you don't, 
if you just continue whatever you are doing with your kid, people are going to say, oh, you're not a good mom. You don't care about your kid. You know, anything you do is not good enough. So that is no way. If you want to do like and have your kid, you just need to be aware that is your decision. And then anything else does not matter. You know, it is your decision. And then you just go with it you decide to do this, you do this, and then you don't care about what people say. And then what I think is that you have to have a good partner. If you have a good partner, then it's gonna be easier. You both are gonna go through that. You know, you're not just gonna do this by yourself. So you don't have to do this by yourself. So it's a decision of both of you. And then you need to be together in that one. It's not you that having a kid, it's both of you. I 100% agree with you. I, I really, I, it dawned on me the other day, actually, that having a child is a joint decision because I think one of the directions we've gone in is that all the decision is put on the woman, whether she has kids, you know, the decision uh, to, to do certain things with her body as though it's an individual choice. And I think one of the dangers is that actually children should not be a singular decision. It takes two people to make a child um, as nature intended it. And I think it should be two people carrying that responsibility. And I think that's something that is really it just doesn't align well with me because I feel like we're living in societies where men can happily uh, impregnate but not actually see the rest of that act through. And I, I, I've always really struggled with that. And I think it's a, it's a very ingrained um, mentality. It's, it's just something that needs to be... Uh, taken out of a, a system but it's too deeply ingrained and I don't know how we change that but it suddenly dawned on me why why have I always felt like it's my choice to have children when actually it takes two people to make a child yes yes you know yeah and then uh this problem can be solved by you as well you need to to be aware of the people who you are choosing to share this responsibility with you know the person you are with it and then you know if this person is going to help you or not and then it's a uh, your mutual decision to to have this responsibility or not so you know you are aware that the person is not going to help you and then you go with it <laughs> doesn't matter then you know you know where you're going to so is you you need to choose as well you need to be wise and then you need to people need to change so they can have this responsibility with you i'm, I'm not saying that uh, like uh people cannot change but uh or it's your fault that you have a bad partner <laughs> i'm not saying that but you can discuss pr prior to the decision you know and then you can have a mutual agreement and then uh if you know your partner you know that uh, how he's going to behave or, or she, and then, yeah. This is yeah, I think that's, that, that's where the decision-making should come in. It's like the choices we make about who we share our life with. 
it shouldn't be at the at the point of um conceiving yeah 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 you shouldn't feel like uh trapped in a relationship oh this is the husband i have this is the partner i have so i'm just gonna have to have my kid with with the person don't feel like that don't mm -hmm. feel locked and then don't feel trapped and then that that's it it's your decision also even before having your family to who is gonna be your family find someone who has shared goals and shared dreams i think that's it, really the key exactly that yes oh he's gonna change sometime no no <laughs> he's gonna be exactly as he is right now <laughs> gosh i mean it really is um you really there's so much hope in you and there's so much um kind of you seem excited about what you're doing and there's a lot of passion there and you just seem so focused and driven like it's really inspiring to hear from you um there's been so much emphasis on equality diversity and inclusion do you think that's important in stem like do we have a problem there and uh, i I, I don't know, you know, sometimes I feel like uh, my own experience kind of blur my thinking because I think, oh, if you try hard enough, you can get it. You don't need like uh, to be put over there. And then I feel like sometimes my own achievements, they are lowered because, oh, just because she's a woman, she got that. Just because she's black, she got that. You know, I don't like this feeling. Sometimes I wish this didn't happen, that people would not do like this. Oh, let's include this person because she's black. You know, this gives people like a, the wrong idea that I do not deserve to be there, but they don't know me. They don't know what I have been to be there. You know, this is why I have these mixed feelings. I, I, I know that I'm here because of my own merits, but sometimes people see me that I'm here because of the way I look, you know, because all oh, this inclusion, let's include women, let's include black, black people and stuff. So this is why sometimes I have mixed feelings, but of course, I believe women needs to be more, more present in like, in, uh, you know, powerful positions. And then I believe also that family side of being a woman also kinds of nowadays brings it all back you have the if you have kids people are gonna look at you in the wrong way you know and then oh you have kids you're gonna put like a hole in your career and then you're gonna be like a mom this type of stuff you know i believe this mentality have to change but I don't like the idea of people looking at me and then see where I am just because I'm a woman. And then just because I had to be there to make a number, you know, not because I, I it's my merit and that I, I deserve to be here because I, what I've done. Mm, this is mixed. Yeah, it's a really tricky subject because, you know, someone like you who's worked incredibly hard to get to where you are today, um, must feel both grateful for any help you've received, but also 
you know, underneath all that, knowing that you've worked so hard and that you actually deserve this. Um, but, you know, if we were to just put all of that to one side, like you just speaking out is already so inspirational because anyone watching this who is in a minority group themselves could look at you and say, wow, she's done it. You know, if she can do it, I can do it. You know, or if someone's been able to, um, overcome all of those ob obstacles maybe I can too and it's so just you existing is already <laughs> inspiring um, yeah I mean I feel like I really want to just uh, learn so much more about you but I feel like you've also given the the most fundamental messages already which is that you know, if you want something, push hard, work hard to get it, and it will, your dreams will come true. That's, that's really what I get from you. Yeah, you know, but uh, I don't believe that anybody can do anything. You need to, look, to know that you have limitations as well. You know, sometimes you want something so hard, and then you cannot get them, doesn't matter how. And then you're going to put this like a guilt or whatever in yourself. Like, oh, I'm a failure. And then, you know, maybe there's some other things that you are great at. You just haven't like uh, tried yet. And then I'm very aware that I, I have limitations. I cannot do anything that I want. And then I need to be the best in what I can do, you know. This is important. If you know yourself, you know where you can push harder. Because if you just like, I am a dreamer, I can do anything that I want. And maybe you're just gonna be disappointed, you know. First of all, know yourself and know where you can push yourself harder. Otherwise, you're gonna push to a direction that is no like, uh, it's not gonna be great and then you're just gonna feel frustrated and then failure but this is not true you're just in the wrong direction just turn in here and then you're gonna be great that that's it i don't believe i can do anything <laughs> i believe i can do what i can do and then i can do it very well i have goosebumps what a beautiful <laughs> message to end on thank you so much for taking the time to speak with of me. Of course, it's my pleasure, me. as I said, yeah. To be inspired, I was inspired for so many people, so many strong women, and then I believe if I am like just a little bit of inspiration for them, I'm already happy. <laughs> You're awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening this week. Please do subscribe to this podcast and maybe even rate and review it if you can. The more ratings and reviews, the more interest from those trusty algorithms, which could help to increase the reach of this show. And you can catch more of this conversation on YouTube on Esteemed Women. It's all about self-discovery and self-evolution on innovation. So as always, be kind and loving to yourselves and I wish you all a great week.